to NCFM Today, a podcast about family medicine in the Old North State. I'm your host, Greg Griggs. In the January 2021 edition of NCFM Today, we'll talk about the COVID-19 vaccine, why it's important that everyone take the vaccine, and a bit about vaccine distribution in North Carolina. To begin the episode, we will interview Dr. Alexa Miesis Malchuk, a faculty member in the Department of Family Medicine at the University of North Carolina. She will discuss the importance of the vaccine, focus on vaccine hesitancy, and the importance of outreach to our historically marginalized populations. Dr. Miesis Malchak was recently interviewed on the subject by Oprah Magazine. After that, we talk with Dr. Shannon Dowler, Chief Medical Officer for the North Carolina Medicaid Program. Dr. Dowler discusses COVID-19 vaccine distribution in North Carolina and what family practices should be doing now to prepare to receive the vaccine for their patients in the coming weeks. Now on to the January edition of NCFM Today. Joining me now is Dr. Alexa Mieses Malchuk, Assistant Professor of the Department of Family Medicine at the University of North Carolina School of Medicine. She's a graduate of the Icon School of Medicine at Mount Sinai and also earned her MPH there. She did residency here in North Carolina at the Duke Family Medicine Residency Program, and she's a native of Queens, New York, but I think we've got her permanently in North Carolina, hopefully. So, uh, Dr. Miesis Malchuk, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. My pleasure. Uh, You were recently interviewed for Oprah Magazine uh, regarding the COVID-19 vaccine. You know, how did you connect with national media like this? Yeah, you know, it's pretty interesting because the health editor of Oprah Magazine actually approached me. And, you know, my sort of path to media has been, you know, kind of all over the place, right? So when I was younger, um, you know, as a writer, became really interested in journalism. And then as a resident, spent some time in the medical unit at ABC News in New York City. And then through the AAFP, had the opportunity to be one of their media ambassadors. And so um, all of this, I, you know, I kind of get these opportunities coming at, at different directions. But the Oprah opportunity grew out of um, me being on ABC 11 talking about the COVID vaccine. So um, she had seen that clip and, uh, and wanted to work with me. That's great. And I forgot to mention in your introduction that while a resident at uh, Duke, you were not only on our state board, but you were the resident director of the American Academy of Family Physicians board as well, which is quite an accomplishment. Thank you. So, you know, you you received the vaccine very early as a frontline uh, healthcare provider. What's been your experience? How can you reassure people who haven't gotten the vaccine yet? I mean, honestly, for me, this vaccine was easier than the flu shot. Um, I always use as an example because a lot of folks have, in fact, received the flu shot. Um, you know, my arm was sore for about 12 hours with the COVID vaccine. And when I got my flu shot this year, it was actually particularly bad. I don't know if it was the way that it was administered to my arm or if it was just something about this year's flu shot. I mean, I was sore for three days and that was really the worst of it for me. So even when I say bad, um, I really only mean relatively speaking, it wasn't really bad at all. Um, But I am getting my second vaccine 
uh, this weekend. And I am anticipating having worse side effects just based on what I've read, based on talking to other folks. Um, it seems more probable that that will have more uh, severe side effects um, or more noticeable side effects, I should say. But but even these noticeable side effects with the second shot have not been really that bad. Maybe some oh, no. light f- fever, maybe a flu-like symptoms for just a exactly. little while, things like that. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, and I mean, this is what I try to tell patients is that really what I'm talking about are the most common side effects, all of which are mild. When I'm talking about side effects, I'm talking about body aches, just feeling overall fatigued. Um, Yes, it's possible to have a headache and fever, um, but that really is the worst of it. You know, I think unfortunately patients see some of these rarer um, adverse reactions like anaphylaxis in the media and they become understandably preoccupied with that. And so it's really about education and kind of discussing the difference between rare, serious side effects and common, mild side effects. What's the message you'd like to send patients about taking the COVID vaccine? I mean, I think without a doubt, what I want folks to recognize is that while this vaccine is new, it was developed safely. So it was developed using the same standards that we use for all other vaccines. But, you know, this has really been a unique time in which all of our time, attention, money, funding has gone into the development of this vaccine. And that is, in fact, why it has come about so quickly. It has nothing to do with cutting corners. So if there's one thing I want people to know is that this vaccine is safe. Um, I think on the flip side, to not be vaccinated is really making a choice to gamble with COVID-19. So, you know, it's taking a chance on whether or not you'll get the virus. And then if you get the virus, you know, there's a chance that you could become severely ill. And obviously, you know, we see, you know, the increasing number of deaths that occur from COVID-19 every day. Um, I think, you know, often people think, you know, death won't happen to me. Um, You know, that's probably the worst thing that can happen from COVID. But something that is more common is this idea of long COVID. And I'm seeing that firsthand with patients in my office, you know, healthy young men and women who didn't have any other medical issues got COVID and now they're suffering from cognitive and functional impairments. They're having ongoing chest pain and shortness of breath long after their initial infection has resolved. So, I mean, we have the data about COVID-19. We know how bad it can get. We know what it can do to the body. Um, Of all the data we have so far on the vaccine, this is a safe alternative that will hopefully protect you from, you know, getting COVID-19 for, for, you know, the foreseeable future. You know, and as a minority physician, I know it is uh, even nearer and dearer to your heart to reach out to historically marginalized populations. You know, why is that message so important? And and what do we need to do to reach all of our citizens? Yeah, you know, I think there's without a doubt medical mistrust among ethnic minorities within this country, um, especially among African-Americans. And it is completely understandable why this mistrust exists. This is something that really permeates the culture. And it has to do with the exploitation that has occurred, not just in this country, but more specifically within our scientific and medical communities. So we, you know, as physicians, as, you know, whatever realm you work in, whether it's clinical medicine, whether you're a medical educator, it is our duty, it's our job um, to really undo the harm that our profession has caused these folks. That's number one. 
Number two, for you know a myriad of reasons, we know that ethnic minorities are the most impacted by COVID-19. Um, there's higher prevalence among Black and Latino patients. Blacks and Latinos are dying at higher rates and being hospitalized at higher rates. Um, and so it's really these folks that need the vaccine the most. And so that's sort of the message that I hope we can we can get across. I think that's so, so important to uh, make sure that we are reaching everyone and and earning the trust back that we should have had in the past, uh, that we did lose as a uh, society and as a profession. That's um, you know, the rollout to this vaccine is really just getting started. And I know right now there's a lot of angst about when can I get my vaccine? And what's your message to the public about having some patience right now? Yeah. So, you know, every state um, is handling this rollout a little differently. But one thing that seems pretty common across the board is that this is this is new. Right. There is some level of uncertainty and unpredictability um, as it relates to the vaccine being available and the timeline. You know, nothing is promised, if you will. We do know that at some point, everyone who wants the vaccine will have it. But this first phase of folks who qualifies, it's really about exposure risk. So this first phase includes folks who are most likely to contract COVID-19. So clearly that's your frontline healthcare workers, then thinking about other sorts of essential workers. And so, you know, once these folks are protected, we'll be able to safely move on to the next phase. So I completely get, like you said, the angst and the impatience and quite frankly, just the wondering, the just wanting to know when will I get my COVID-19 vaccine? Um, and, you know, I just try to reassure folks and let them know that it is coming. Um, you know, we're just navigating a new process, um, you know, in this state in terms of vaccine rollout. So it's just taking a little bit of time, taking time to get the supply of vaccine and then taking a little time to get it in arms. But I know firsthand the state and our folks who are vaccinating folks are working day and night as hard as they can to get the supply here, get it out and get it in arms. And I do think a little patience and a little grace right now is, uh, is very needed uh, as we move forward with this process. Absolutely. Uh, you know, you have ever since I've known you when you first came to Duke as a resident, you've really been both a physician and an advocate, you know, advocating for your profession and your patients. Why is that role uh, so important to you? Well, you know, it's funny. I think I'm probably an advocate first, and that's what drew me to medicine in the first place. Um, you know, I grew up in a very ethnically diverse, um, sort of socioeconomically mixed part of Queens, New York, and I had witnessed health disparities pretty much all my life, but I hadn't heard that term health disparities until I was in college, right? So um, I did not know there was this whole world um, that was used to sort of describe and intervene on the things that I was witnessing every day. I mean, I knew pretty early on that I wanted to be a physician, you know, when I was a child, um, you know, going to the doctor with my mom who has diabetes, but this idea that I wanted to be able to have influence beyond the confines of an examination room, 
and not just treat folks one-on-one, but really improve the health of my community was something that evolved over time. Um, So by the time I I had entered college, I knew that I at least wanted to also get my MPH in addition to my medical doctorate um, to really supplement the clinical medicine that I would learn in medical school. And then, you know, I'm just the sort of person who really strives for social justice um, in, in any way that I can. And to me, it seemed like family medicine was the most natural fit, you know, being trained as a clinician, but also being trained in population health and having an opportunity to, like you said, participate as a leader and advocate for my patients and my profession. It was just a natural, a natural fit. So I actually don't even see them as separate. I really feel like part of my role as a physician is to be a leader in my community, community and advocate, um, for my patients. Well, I can tell you we're lucky to have you in North Carolina. Uh, we are glad you're on faculty over at UNC, and we really appreciate you taking time today to talk to us a little bit about the COVID-19 vaccine and where we're going in that with that in North Carolina. So thanks for being here. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Dr. Shannon Dowler, the Chief Medical Officer for the North Carolina Medicaid Program and a past president of the North Carolina Academy of Family Physicians. She's homegrown and has covered the state with medical school at Brody in the East and residency at Mayheck in the West. Dr. Dowler, you've had some temporary additional responsibilities over at DHHS being added to the team working on COVID-19 vaccine distribution. Can you provide some highlights of where we are now with our vaccine response as of January 8th and how it's changing over the next few weeks? Yeah, it's a great question, Greg. And I was hoping that uh, Dave Richard would ask me to do another full-time job because it wasn't enough just to be the CMO of Medicaid. So I'm really glad to have something to do with all my extra time that I had. Um, I am I am honored to be working with the vaccine team. They've been working around the clock for the last few months, getting ready for those first doses to come through the state. And I think what you'll see is there's a shift right now. Um, from 2020 to 2021 on sort of our philosophy around vaccine. Um, We still don't have large volumes yet, but we're really thinking about how to get more from that um, hospital system and local health department hubs into the community um, use of the vaccine. And so we're shifting more towards how do we get the vaccine in the hands of our community providers. We're also working on the system. So the vaccine management system is a a little bit of a, uh, it's, it's some work. Um, to, to work around. It's a system we built just for being able to manage and track vaccine. And so we're making a huge amount of improvements to that. Actually, it's going to go down tonight for about 12 or 24 hours for big system upgrades. So I think practices, once they're able to get into it, are going to be really pleased with some of the improvements we've made. And the third thing I think I would say that, that we're focused on right now is staff access to vaccine. It's There's 1A providers and their staff that we're still hearing around the state aren't able to get vaccines for themselves and their staff members, even though they meet the criteria for being um, in the place where they're taking care of COVID patients or testing for COVID. And so I've worked really hard this week and I'll continue to try to make sure we're getting access for all of the 1A providers and their staff, particularly ambulatory providers who aren't affiliated with the health system. And and we realize that, you know, we're really at a, almost of a drip drop of vaccine supply right now, hoping to get a trickle so that we can 
get maybe a full stream of, of water. Uh, but for primary care practices who are hoping to vaccinate their own patients, uh, can you provide a general timeline of when they may be able to get some limited supply, knowing that it's not going to be widespread nor uh, you know, a huge amount as we're beginning because the vaccine supply is so limited. Yeah, so you hit the nail on the head. The volumes of vaccine coming into the state are just not nearly what we want. Um, there is um, a big push next week. We've got a bunch of folks really working hard on making sure that there's no vaccine on a shelf anywhere in North Carolina. So we're using all the vaccine that we have available to us. We're sharing it. Um, really strategically with partners to see um, how they're using the vaccine. So I'm working with a group in the West where we're doing a Blue Ridge Community Health Center, which is a federally qualified health centers, partnering with the health departments to help administer some of that vaccine with them. Um, so what while we're working in a limited supply capacity, the main focus of the practices should be getting into the system. It opens up Monday so they can enroll and get the training to become vaccine providers. We're shifting our philosophy around that, too. Before, it was a very sequential process. You started one thing, then you did the second thing, and it could sometimes take a month or even longer to get through the process. So we're changing that now so things are happening consecutively and simultaneously. So you can start doing your training while you're waiting to get your enrollment approved. Um, so we're trying to make it much more efficient for the practices. Um, the vaccines, while they're limited, aren't going to be attributed directly to the practice. So I would not look for that next week or probably the week after. Um, it's just too small of a supply right now. And we already got health departments that have scheduled clinics and scheduled vaccine times for people. So um, it's coming. I can't tell you when, but these partnerships with local health departments is really important. As soon as you're approved and through the system, they can share vaccine to your practice and you can give it in your practice. I think that's good to know. I think people are just looking for a little bit of hope to try to help their patients down the road. And, and you know, I think we need to keep stressing that supply is limited. You know, there are going to be a ton of people who still need to be immunized in, in February, March, April, and as we go on into the year. And, and practices will be able to do this as we move forward. Uh, and, and we know this is one of the most massive rollout of vaccines in our country's history. You know, what are some steps the department is taking to get this vaccine out? Uh, and and what, how can family docs lean in now while they're waiting to be vaccinators? That's a great question. That, you know, so the one thing that can happen in the background is have your practice manager, or your quality manager, or whoever's going to manage your enrollment, start getting your practice enrolled in the system so that they can be they can give vaccine as soon as it's available to be shared by their health department or given allocated to them directly. Um, but the main thing folks can do right now, which is so critically important, is working with your patients and your own staff on vaccine hesitancy. We're seeing when we look at our skilled nursing staff, only about 30 to 40 percent are accepting the vaccine, even though they have access to it. So we're seeing this vaccine hesitancy that's really, really concerning for us. And let's face it, family doctors all around the state are leaders in their communities. So what can you do as a leader in your community? Put on that hat of how can you help people understand that the vaccine's safe, that it's reliable? How can you debunk the myths that are flying around? 
and write op-eds, do an interview for your local news station. Use that leadership hat as a physician to help people welcome the vaccine when it becomes available to them. And then that partnership with your health system and with your health department um, to be able to share vaccine and help them give vaccine as soon as you're enrolled is really important. A lot of health systems are gonna be saying here, I've got 100 doses. Do you want to give this to your patients today? Nobody's nobody's hoarding vaccine. Everybody wants to see the vaccine get in people's arms. And so be, make sure you're building those relationships so that you can get it in your practice as soon as you're enrolled in the system and can give the vaccine. Well, we really appreciate the advice to our members, and we really appreciate what you're doing uh, at the department. And I'd like to personally ask you to thank the entire DHHS team for their tireless work in this unprecedented time. And, and thank you for shedding light on what the department's doing to try to move us forward as efficiently and as effectively as possible. Absolutely. Thanks, Greg. All hands on deck. I tell you, your DHHS team has worked around the clock for the last 10 months, and uh, I don't see any sign of us taking big vacations coming up. So thanks for the leadership of the family doctors around the state who are keeping everybody healthy. And that's been Dr. Shannon Dowler, Chief Medical Officer for our state Medicaid program. the January 2021 edition of NCFM Today to our members, the Family Physicians of North Carolina. Know that we are advocating for you. First, to make sure you are able to have the vaccine for you and your staff, but also so that you can vaccinate your patients as soon as supply is available. A few areas in the state are just now moving from vaccinating healthcare workers to phase 1B group 1 of the distribution process, and this is only for individuals over 75 years of age. To the people of North Carolina, have patience, but make sure you get vaccinated when your phase can. This is a real disease. As of early January, our over 7,000 North Carolinians have lost their life to COVID-19. The COVID-19 vaccines are safe. They're effective. Your state's family physicians urge you to take the vaccine. And soon, we hope to be able to provide those to our patients in family medicine offices throughout North Carolina. Thanks for joining us for the January edition of NC Family Medicine Today. Subscribe to our podcast at the Google or Apple stores or on Spotify, or you can find it on our website at www.ncafp.com. Stay on the lookout for the next edition of NC Family Medicine Today. Thank you.